0: talk about um Patrick Vieira um obviously new to the Premier League didn't have the best of time at Nice um brilliant player I think we can all agree that but in terms of um what his expectations are I suppose taking over from Roy Hudson who for me done quite a very you know an okay job he done well sustained a team got the best out of the the squad but what's your thoughts initially on, on on Vieira coming in and the signings that you've made so far
1: I'm extremely excited about, about this project that we're on at this moment. Um, for me, uh, I'll just touch on Ray briefly. Like, he, he's made us a very stable Premier League side. Um, but I think it it got to an, a point where the fans were divided because the likes of them, Wolves, Villa, um, Wolves, Villa, Leeds, they all got promoted and were kind of doing better than we were and such. Um, mm. But... This is no slander on Roy because Roy was superb for us, to be honest. Uh, Patrick's come in and he, you can tell he's got a clear philosophy. We've changed, completely changed. We are no longer like a two banks of four and just sit back and counter. We're actually trying to play out the back, which is going to take time. It's going to take time. And um, we look a lot more comfortable in the ball. We look a lot more assured. We're trying to drive through the, um, the middle of the park and get the ball forward to our front men a lot quicker um it's going to be a transition to be honest um but I'm really excited and you spoke you speak about the signings we've done good business so far um considering we lost about 13-14 players out of contract at the end of last season um it's a massive loss and some of those players are massive experience Townsend Cahill Scott Dan huge experience there so um Thank you for your boys, by the way, and I'm sure we'll touch into them later <laughs> on in the show. Like some really, really good. Um, you've got some. You turn out some amazing youth players, by the way. Um, but then Joachim Anderson for me is one of the biggest signings we've made. Um, he was brilliant for Fulham last season, and to get a player of his caliber from a a, a Champions League side, so to speak, um, shows the direction we're going and could we have got those type of players on the right? I'm not sure. So there must be something about Patrick that's wanting players to come and play for him. You know, so I'm really excited about about the season ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's going to be an interesting season. Like you say, it's going to be a bit of an up and down. It's going to be a transition with obviously Roy leaving, Patrick coming in. But um, yeah, you know, I think there's, Time will tell. I think if it's the right appointment, and obviously he needs a lot of time to, to embed those players that he's brought into the team as well. And um, absolutely, yeah. Obviously, you couldn't play Connor Gallagher on Saturday. Obviously, um, being being from Chelsea, but I think he would have been a massive input on on Saturday. But um, Theo just, and obviously, I know he was at the game on Saturday and uh you know first time back at the bridge i think you said since 2020 november i think you said something like that was it
2: yeah everton? i think it was the, my month. first time for, for a competitive game at Stamford bridge since everton i think march 2020 so just the week before the, the lockdown hit yeah. so it was a nice year to see a full capacity Stanford bridge as well um and just wanted to just add on what rich said about um patrick vieira i think he's he's at a great bit of business and he even said in his post post-match interview that he's looking to bring I think another four players in maybe so That's maybe if he bloody. gets the, yeah if he gets those players that he wants I think he can build a decent squad and I think maybe why Palace maybe struggled so much against Chelsea was that lack of creativity which maybe will come with Conor Gallagher who was um, obviously couldn't play against his parent club so I think um, you know if you give him more time maybe more time then I think it was Debao in 2017. And I think we should see some some good things from him. Yeah, the, uh, it's funny you
1: mentioned De Boer because I, I think there's this one journalist who tried to make a link between the two. De Boer came in and he kind of alienated half the squad. Um, mm. <clears throat> that's a big no-no. Patrick's coming and he's really united the squad. Um, there was a on uh, like an, a Palace eleven side pre-season friendly against Brentford B um, last week, and he got some of the first team guys to come down and watch it. And it was it had a lot of the, the youth team players there. So it just shows there's a more united environment. Um the ball made a mess. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, he had to go. <laughs> he had to go. I think we'll be a lot more patient. I think we'll be a lot more patient this this time around.
0: There's been there's been mention of um Kabak, I think is one of the names I read recently, um, and also Kurt Zuma um coming in to, to Crystal Palace. Would you take either of Zuma or Kabak as a, an option at
1: centre back? I'll take Zouma. Um, not saying, like, because Kabak, he, he did struggle initially at Liverpool, then he found his feet, and he was actually very, very decent. But Zuma just has a bit more experience in the league. Um, the physicality at the back will be a massive benefit for us, to be honest. Um, and he's won things, as much as, I know he divides opinion yeah. for for Chelsea fans. He's won things with you guys. So um, if I was to pick out the two, it would definitely be cut. Be-
0: yeah. And he's a, he's a good player. Still obviously got a lot, a lot of, um, you know, experience behind him and uh, I'm sure there's room for development still within, within him. He's a centre back. So, you know, they can play beyond 30 plus if he keeps himself fit, um, yeah. you know, and, and you, like you say, he's a serial winner. He's, he's won stuff. So um, yeah, you know, be, it will be interesting, but moving over to, to the game, I've got to, I've got to do it, Rich. I've got to bring it up. Um, on, 3-0. <laughs> um, yeah, three 0 So, f- like I mentioned, Theo, you was there. You was at Stanford Bridge. Um, what was your initial thoughts when you see the lineup that we went with um, with, with Tuchel? Were you impressed with, with what you got to see?
2: I think the lineup made complete sense, just like the Super Cup in terms of which players will match fit. I suppose um, we spoke about potentially. I think you thought Chilwell might start as a left wing back. I, I thought Alonso were pretty based on his preseason and the form he were he Was coming into the game with, and um, I think you know the lineup, you know, two calls starting 11 paid off in a way because um, you know, we got the two, two goals in the first half, which we needed, I suppose, to have a more comfortable second half. I thought every every player played their part. Um, Chiloba was superb as one of the three centre backs and a player that you know purely merited off his preseason. I think if I had to pick out two players that really stood out for me, the two I mentioned there Chiloba and um, and Alonso, I think they changed the game. And then obviously it was a shame not to have um Kante and Ziyech out injured. But um it just goes to show how much depth we have in the squad and how many options we can pick from. Um I think Kante's back for Arsenal next week. I mean, this weekend. So I think that's a huge um a huge plus for us and Lukaku as well, which I think we'll talk about um, you know, possibly if we cover briefly the 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 weekend's fixtures. But um I think it was a great, you know, bear in mind it was our first kind of competitive game after, you know, of the season. I think it was a great performance. And I remember Palace, you know, beating United at Old Trafford last season in the first game. So I think, um, you know, it goes to show that we were kind of up to it today, whereas against a decent Palace team, and I think as we spoke about Vieira and the, tra- the players he's brought in, especially in that second half when he paired um, Joachim Andersen up with, um, with Mark Way, I think those would be the two starting centre-backs for Palace across the season. So um, I think we saw a very decent game um, against a tough opposition who We've had a very good record against them. And obviously, I just want to say about Pulisic, he got his, I think, fifth goal in five appearances against Crystal Palace. <laughs> so I think he's becoming a bit of a... He just know, loves, loves score.
1: Yeah. So I'm nice. sick to death of seeing Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> <Honestly>. <laughs> um, I mean, for me personally, just looking at the game, um, I feel we we, we started off in, with the wrong shape. We've been playing four-three-three most of the season. I believe we went 4 Um. 2 I don't know what's happening with Benteke. I don't know if he's still not match fit yet, but I would have played him anyway. Um, And I don't, I really want to give Mateto a chance because I can see there's something in him. But it's either he's low on confidence. I know he hasn't played many games for us, to be honest. But it's just not clicking with him at the moment. It really isn't. And um, I'm not the type of person that's like, yeah, get out of my club. No, 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 no. Like I would like to see players thrive. You know, we've had other players that have had potential like Max Meyer and just didn't get a mm. chance. Um, and now he's gone and stuff. But um, I think once Anderson came on second half and we, we changed our shape, we were a lot better. We were a lot better. And um, I was even saying on, on in my own match reaction that when you look at it, all three goals were avoidable to an extent. Um, the foul leading up to Alonso's free kick I think was soft, but Okay. Um, Pulisic's goal um, I think Gaeta could have done a bit better With, with the, the cross And then um, Chalobah. You can't give any player I don't care what position you play But you can't give them 10-15 yards to have a shot Yards are in for trouble So um, it, it's the first game of the season um, We played the European champions um, I thought with Kante and ZHB, being out I thought it might actually help us <laughs> But once again, it shows your squad depth, um, and, and and fair play to you guys. Fair play.
0: Yeah, and I think I think it was interesting because watching the game, um, the amount of space that Alonso w- was given, sort of to just roam around and 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 do what he does. You know, he gets forward. He likes to get the ball into the box, and he was doing that a lot. Uh, um, it just didn't seem like you know Jordan a u and and Joel Ward were able to cope yeah. on, on that side and it was just I'm not Jordan sure whether that was what v- yeah and I don't know if that was yeah. what Vieira's told them to do. I'm not sure if it was a mixed message from from the manager or whoever, but it just didn't seem like it was something that um you know he, he knew what he needed to do, what was his role, what was his responsibilities on that on, in the game. But um I, I yeah. do agree with you. I think a lot of the in fact all three of the goals I agree. You know, I think they um they were avoidable. I mean obviously Alonso on a free kick, you could probably put a, a lot of money on days. Yeah, he's going to go in. I don't think the goalkeeper stood a chance, but um, yeah, you know, I think first half, we were just, you know, we dominated. You know, I don't think he had a shot at all. Um, 30% possession first half. And, you know, we just, we were constantly, you know, we get the ball, we might lose the ball, but we get it back. And that that was something that surprised me because usually, you know, we've got Kante who does all that work in midfield for us, but, you know, having um, Jorginho and Kovacic, you know, in the middle, it it worked and and it done really well. Like Theo said, you know, I was impressive with uh, Chalabar. I thought, you know, coming into a a game, debut Premier League game and and doing how well he did, it almost stakes a claim that he might stay Chelsea now. What what, what do you reckon, Theo?
2: Uh, I think he will stay. I don't see why he wouldn't stay after the performances he's had in the Super Cup and the opening game against Palace. Um, I think if one Defender is pushed out the door, you know, because we have so many centre-backs in maybe Kazuma now, even though he started in that Super Cup um, uh, in, in in Belfast, which is a bit harsh on Kurt, especially if we were to bring in um, Jules Kunde as well. So, um, but I think, you know, Chilobo will stay. I was talking to my my work colleague who's a Watford fan and there were rumours apparently at one point in the summer that he might join Watford on loan at some point. Um, I'd love him to stay at Chelsea, but if it's a Prem loan and he means he gets to play every week, maybe let it be. But I do think he's got a part to play for this Chelsea squad, especially given that performance he put in against Palace. And obviously, you can see what it meant to him as well when he scored that goal. And we want players that care about playing, you know, for Chelsea. We want, we've lost to Morey, we've lost um, Abraham now. Um, it looks like, you know, to have those players that have come from the academy since they were at the age of eight or nine. It's what we want, you know, as a fat Chelsea fan, to see them, you know, play for the badge. And it means a lot. And it's just... It's a special moment, you know, to see them make their debut and obviously to score goals and have those reactions like that. So I think if I had to choose, I'd want him to stay, and I don't see why he shouldn't. the Moment.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think you know, obviously, there's talk about Kunde still, still that, that transfer is looming. Um, if I'm honest, off the back of what I've watched so far of Trevor Chalobah, yes, Kunde is a brilliant. He's obviously a lot better than Chalobah. We, we know that he's he's, he's a, a definitely better centre back, but. I think, you know, in terms of spending the money on Kunde when we've got Trevor Chaleber that can do that. obviously got Andreas Christensen still there. Like you just mentioned, we've got we've got plenty of centre backs coming through the youth system that's still at a level eventually that they're going to be able to play in the senior squad. So I do think do we need them? You no, know, we've still got uh on on loan um as well. So it's just a lot of obviously, you know, we've we've lost Mark where he i I'd love to have seen um you know play at the bridge. I think he was and Tamori as well. Um but like you mentioned at the start of the, the um, episode Rich you know we've we've um as a Chelsea fan, you know, we've, we've got probably one of the best academies probably in the world. Um I go back to um Lamptey as well who was another player that I loved. Oh, yeah. Um yeah he just never got the opportunity but you know injury permitted, I think he would have had a brilliant season last year at Brighton. But um I just wanted to ask you around obviously Patrick Vieira's coming in, you mentioned he's changed it. It was usually 4-3-3, I believe, that he used to play under um, Roy Hodgson. D- do you think sticking with the 442 is gonna work for Crystal Palace moving forward? Or do you think, you know, is it just the fact that you played the champions of Europe, you know, just coming off the back of a super cup win as well? Um, first games of the season are never easy anyway. You you know, we've seen that yesterday with Man City against Spurs. So do you you think he needs to change it for the next next game?
1: I mean, um, funny enough, Ray went to 4-4-2 last season and we've always actually been a 4-3-3 team. Um, I don't know why Patrick went 4-4-2 because we've played all preseason we've played 4-3-3 and it's worked. Um, Jordan's been a bit higher up the pitch because of it. Um, Yeah, he just looked a bit lost at right midfield. Um, and I think it allowed, as much as Saad had a good game, it, it allowed your defenders to have an extra, it allowed one of your defenders to come out from the back. Um, and then your press was relentless. Now, obviously, we're now trying to play from the back. Um, so what? I'm actually happy we experienced this because against the better sides who press a bit more fiercely, we're going to have to move the ball quicker. So to experience losing the ball in transition and such, I know it sounds mad. It's thinking, oh, but you lot lost three. No, no, but listen, we've got to take, we've got to learn from this. You know, if we, mm. if it was against like a, a Norwich or Watford, I'll be fuming. We're playing the European <laughs> champions. Um, so whatever we've done wrong from Saturday, we need to go and put those, put those things right against Brentford this weekend, who are, absolutely buzzing at the moment with their result. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm happy with Patrick. I'm happy with his his ideas, his philosophy. Um, like I said, I was just a bit surprised he went 4-4-2. Once we changed the, the, the shape, we, like I said, we looked a lot better, which shows me that he can adapt mid-game. Um, mm-hmm. Where Roy would wait 70, maybe 80 minutes to make a change. So that, there's positive signs there. It's just, what, I think once we get our first win, And then our second win, I think we will then start getting into a bit of a rhythm. You know, the first game of the season is never easy. It is never, never easy. Um, So um, we don't need to go burn down the hatchets or burn down houses and that. Listen, Saturday's game, it's just just so much more important now.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. And um, there was always talk about Frank Lampard at some point potentially taking that job, I think, before um, Patrick got it and I know Theo you've mentioned it a few times as well um that it seems probably a better fit for for Frank so do, do you reckon that would have been maybe the right or you know, the better option to to go maybe with someone who's had that experience in the premier league as a manager um you know to to probably take that job on
2: i mean perhaps maybe it's just the of so, chelsea sorry, buyers yeah. coming in here yeah. um but um but i think um Frank would have done a superb job at Palace, I know it for a fact. You know, the players that he could have bought in, I think he would have probably bought in Guahy, Gallagher, very similar players from um, from Chelsea. But um, but I think, that, as we spoke about, I think the project that Patrick Vieira is trying to put in place and the fact he's still after another four players is very, very exciting as well. And I think even managers got fantastic ball power, I think, you know, there. Probably the players you know that are coming up now would have watched them growing up, the likes of Lampard and Vieira. So either way, they would have probably been really attracted to play under their, their type of football potentially, and also learn from them as you know fearless midfielders. So um, I think it's only a matter of time now before we see Frank Lampard back in the Premier League in some kind of manager role, or even whether it's back at I don't know any England setup potentially. But um, but I think um, as I Switch said, I'm excited out. to see I'm excited to see Vieira. I'm really excited to see Vieira and as i said i think um he'll be given a fourth season for sure and i think um as rich said we shouldn't judge him on that first game it should be more than that so i think the brentford one this weekend will be huge because i think um massive massive exactly i think um they're coming out of a very good result as well they've got all this hype and as i said they're buzzing no pun intended being the bees but um <laughs> but i think i think that's a really important game for them and i think as well i've seen gallagher i mean this my chelsea coming out again but i'm really excited to see gallagher we, sp- we spoke. We spoke on a previous episode about, um, you know, I think going from West Brom to Palace is a huge step up in the Premier League. I think, and I think now that he's going to have um, a brilliant manager to learn under in, in Patrick in um, Patrick Vieira, I think will be will be huge and really beneficial to him. Hopefully, when he comes back to Chelsea next summer. Yeah. just on just oh, on I Frank just Lampard.
1: I just just on Frank Lampard. Um, there were rumors that he felt like he deserved a bigger club than than us. So. Um, Whether they're true or not, I'm I'm not too sure. Um, But I would have been happy with him because of his ability to work with youth. And we've we've just set up an amazing academy. Uh, We're now a Category A status academy. And um, there are some talented youths um, coming up in under-18s and under-23s. Jez Raksaki, please, he came on against you guys. Watch out for him. (laughs) He's going to be an absolute player, you know. Um, And there's a few others in the wings and stuff. So. yeah, I, I would have taken Frank. Um, I'm just and I, I don't wanna sound like like I don't like British managers, but I'm just glad it's not the you not know, the usual carousel of like the the Sam Allardyce's, Puliss's, like the same yeah. pool yeah. of managers that that seem to get jobs. I'm just glad it's not not one of them, to be fair. Yeah.
0: And it's it's good that, you know, it's a it's a manager that hasn't managed in the Premier League. I think that's gonna be you know, we're going to see something different from Patrick as well, which will be, which will be interesting. You know, um, I, I think it will only only be better, you know, over, over the season. Brentford's going to be tough. I mean, they played really well against okay. Arsenal, um, you know, and, y- you know, you see teams come up from the championship and they, they're on a high, they, they're still playing like it's a cup final every game. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, to see that. But um, I just wanted to talk, there's a, obviously a question there about Marguerite and, and, as Chelsea fans, are we, are we going to lose him? Um, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, you know, he, he's someone that I think will go on leaps and bounds and, and definitely get to the highest heights. He's got that, that sort of, um, you know, about him, you know, that he looks like he's someone who can go down as one of the best central, de- central uh, defenders. So for me personally, it's a massive loss, probably more bigger than Tamori. Um, you know, those, those kind of players, you know, you see them come and go, but Aguahe, he's something special about him. And I think going to Palace, we're going to probably see a lot more of that now. He's going to get a lot more game time as well. Um, but I don't know, Fia, what, what's your thoughts?
2: I'd, I'd fully have to agree. i um, 100% really gutted to lose him. I remember watching him make his Chelsea debut in the first team, I think against Grimsby in the League Cup final under Frank Lamp- in Frank Lampard's first season at Stamford Bridge. And he looked so composed on the ball. Um, he looked like, you know, he had been playing the game for forever in a way. And, um, when we sold Tomori in the back of my head, that I don't know, you know, six months at eight Milan, it was almost, you know, it was for sure that he was going to be sold on a permanent deal. And I always thought to myself, it's fine. We have Mark where you know, we can fill in in that role. And then, um, especially those championship, you know, playoff games against, so um, when he for Swansea, I think he was man of the match and both, both of them forgot who they played. I wasn't born I think it was someone else, but, um, he was fantastic. And I think he, you know, he, he's really, he's really looked show that promise at Swansea. I thought, you know, maybe a Premier, Premier League loan this season. But obviously, mm. we sold him permanently for very good money. There were £25 million, which probably funded you know, a large portion of the Lukaku fee. Um, so really gutted to, to lose him. But at the same time, I'm really excited to see him in the Premier League. He's one of those players that similarly to Gallagher, deserves to be playing week in, week out. And um, I think, you know, he'll be, he'll be, he seems to, I think he will be really liked by the Crystal Palace fans as well in a way that he'll be playing oh, a lot that, of football. We love him already we'll have him already
1: just 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 send him away we'll look after him, yeah. for him. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure I'm
2: sure I'm glad I'm glad he's liked him was, and obviously that like that like for him will probably only grow more from now I think and I wouldn't be surprised as well if he's some kind of involved in like a young team of the year or something like that because um, I think he's a fantastic player
0: I mean <laughs> we've still got Ross Barkley on the books as well I think Bakayoko's still there if you want him oh my yeah. Bad, bad drink water. Ramen, drink <laughs> no, water you. you know, no
1: thank you. you <laughs> we keep can send down. We just want the youth talent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I wanted to have a quick mention around uh, Timo Werner because I think um, obviously Lukaku seems um, like he's going to be starting against Arsenal um, at the weekend, and watching Timo Werner on Saturday. It almost made me realise why we've had to sign. I think we would have gave Inter Milan a, a blank check if it meant that we could get, you know, number nine, because team of Werner does everything correct. He he gets in the right, you know, plays off the defender, the last defender, he makes those brilliant runs, he makes he stretches defense. He just can't score. And Rich, you mentioned it earlier around the the um, goal. Okay, I mean it came at him very fast and he maybe you know, but for me, Werner's getting it, he's doing everything right, he just can't score. And, you know, is is that, is that worrying, Theo, from a, from a Chelsea perspective? Is it worrying that we've got someone here that we've arguably brought to, to not just score goals, but he hasn't got the best goal, goal record for what we've brought him in for. Is it, is it a concern that you've got, or is it something that you think may go away once Lukaku's in there playing that number nine role? He's going to help Werner, um, you know, develop. And we've seen that maybe the the two up front in, in the next game.
2: I think last season he had a lot of pressure because he was brought in to probably have a 20-goal season in in the league and that's because that's what he did at Leipzig. And he still had, I think, 22 goal involvements in all competitions across last season, which is quite impressive for a first season. And obviously not having the fans, um, being probably home alone with COVID, you know, the COVID period, not being able to explore London. We have to remember he's only 24, I think, 25. Mm. Maybe it affected him. But I think this season, obviously, having Lukaku, having less pressure on him to score goals, um, I think will be really, really beneficial to him. And even in that friendly against Spurs, I think he scored a goal and it was caught offside and then replay showed that it was actually onside. So I think a bit of luck on Timo's side as well will be will do him a world of good. A couple of go- I can remember a few goals he scored last season or being against Liverpool at Anfield where it was just a fraction offside. You know, things like that, when he times his run to perfection this season, the lines being made a bit thicker with the AR, I think, you know, probably mm. give him an extra three or four goals potentially because I know that he... He always waits. He, we can always see him look, you know, to look at it. He, he is offside a lot, but a lot of the time he tries to time those runs because yeah, um, yeah. we know he's got that pace. I think we spoke about it um, offline with T. Um, that, you know, having, if if two does decide to play both Lukaku and Werner in the same team together as the two number nines, I think that will, both of them can kind of be compatible to the, each other's games in a way, the way that maybe yeah. Werner will take defenders out of the game and give Lukaku that space that he needs. Um, we saw, you know, Werner do that with Zinchenko in the Champions League final, which allowed Kai Havertz, you know, to go free on goal. So I think um, mm-hmm. both of them, I think, will be almost compatible to each other's games. And this is not even to mention Kai Havertz, who can also slot into that number nine position too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Rich, you, you agree?
1: Absolutely. As, as much as um, Werner hasn't scored, and I think this, this all stems from this whole now GNA era, where... Yeah. Where fans don't watch the game anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, we've said it before. Um, yep. Yes, he hasn't got the goals and he should have had a lot more goals than he has. Some of the open goals and stuff and the chances he's missed are ridiculous, crazy. But what he actually offers to your team, hmm. the, the thought of teams trying to play a high and they're thinking, actually, we can't do this because Timo is there. You know, and you mentioned um, Havertz going to Champions League final. His movement was mad. Yeah. His movement was crazy. If he doesn't make that movement, Mount doesn't, I believe it was Mount, yeah, doesn't pass that ball into Havertz. There's no goal. You know, yeah. so it's it's looking beyond the the stats and, and seeing what a player offers. Now, don't get me wrong, the second season now, there's going to be a bigger emphasis to see, can he score the goals? But I would never rule him out for what he offers your team, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and I was on um, a pod with uh, Blue Wave, I believe. It. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, Blue Wave from Never A Foul. And um, I was just saying that, like, he was the play- the one player I feared. Yeah. Because if we're trying to play expensive football playing from the back now, and he's running off our, off the shoulder of our defenders, we're in trouble, you know? Yeah. Yes, he might not be able to hit the score himself, but he's creating chances just from his movement, you mm-hmm. know? Um. So hope- hopefully you... I'm sure you guys might be patient with him and hopefully the Chelsea fan base will be, but um, football's a cruel cool game, man. It's a cruel cool game.
0: Yeah. I think he'll do well. I think he'll, I think the, the introduction of is going to bring out the best of both Kai Havertz and Timo Werner, um, Hakim Ziyech, Pulisic, it, you know, he's going to bring the best out of them and, um, yeah, I can only I mean we'll, we'll talk about Arsenal. We may as well get, get that out of the way now as well. Um
1: and so I forgot to mention Lukaku, I think he wins you the league.
0: Yeah. That was gonna be one of my questions at the end, but yeah, I'll no, say. I, I, I
1: <laughs>
0: No, I I agree, I agree. Um you know, I said it on the the last episode that we did. Um I, I think it's, we didn't need to, to bring in wholesale changes from last season after back of winning the Champions League and the way that we've played and the way that Tuchel plays as well. Um, and Theo, you mentioned the depth that we've already got in the squad. It wasn't wholesale changes needed. We just needed a number nine, um, which we've we've now got. I mean, you know, we talked about Haaland for, for, for weeks, you know, offline, me and Theo. And, you know, I'm happier that we've got Lukaku. And I know it sounds mad, but his numbers are brilliant for the Premier League. That's what we need. We don't, you know, if Haaland's not available, we've got the next best thing in, in, in Lukaku. So, you know, we can only be, um, you know, eager and anticipated to see what he's going to be able to do for us. But Arsenal, I mean, I I, I don't know if you got, yeah, that was my, that was literally my face for the, for the full, full game. Um, perfect time to play them potentially, Theo.
2: I wanna say yes and I wanna say no. I mean, I'm remembering <laughs> last season, I think we played them just, just after Christmas or maybe a couple of days before Christmas, around the Christmas period. And they were dreadful in that the build up to that game. And then somehow we managed to bottle it and like lose free we lost 3 one, I think, in the end. And it could have been a lot more for Arsenal. But I think things are a bit different this season. I mean, I looked at that starting eleven against Brentford and the way they played, and it was almost I don't want to be mean, but like eleven headless chickens running around the pitch. Um I mean, I know that they didn't play Saka. I think Saka's probably their best player this season. So I'm sure that he'll, he'll play on um, on Sunday and he'll be, you know, probably their focal point if they ask to get some kind of goal or creativity. There's rumours about Yang leaving now that they want to sell him. Um, I still think that he's got something to offer for them. But at the same time, looking at this Chelsea side, I think they will need a miracle, which Arsenal, they've been a bit of a bogey team at times in the last couple of years. But I think this, this year almost proved too much too much for them. I think two calls, you know, game plan and also as we said, the squad depth we have and Kante coming back and arguably Reese James and Ben Chilwell being match fit now. I think I can't I can't really see the maybe maybe having a full full capacity Emirates might might be, benefit them. But um on the contrary it might not if you know the pressure on our setter <laughs> So um yeah, I'm excited. And um I actually was watching the Lukaku um interview um before before recording this and you know, saying how he's got unfinished business and how drug brand and elk were his mentors before, you know, in the last couple of years. So um I think he's also gonna be wanting to start off the, you know, second spell of Chelsea with a with a bang, definitely. So um I'm almost expecting a debut goal from Lukaku now. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it'll be, be nice it'll be nice I think I think going back to to Friday's game um just watch well not even Friday the problem with Arsenal for me is that they don't have a Tony Adams a big voice a vocal person they don't have a Thierry Henry they don't have a a voice you know they, you look at their the team you look at um at Chelsea we've got Thiago Silva we've got those big you know statues of players in, in the team United have got a poor popper they've got you know, City have got Fernandinho or Kevin De Bruyne. So, who's just you looking right? He comes on; he's going to make a difference in the game. You look at—I yeah. mean, Arsenal are relying on Saka, brilliant player, Smith Rowe, brilliant player, but they haven't really got anyone that you can look at and say, "You know, this." You know, they're, they're Patrick Vieira, <laughs> who was arguably one of their best players and and you know the vocal person in that in that team. So, I, I think this is the perfect time to play Arsenal. I think they'll be deflated from Brentford who they, I'm, I'm assuming they went into that game thinking they were going to win, um, you know, newly promoted team. They can win, but I, I just think Arteta's out of his depth. You know, they're trying to play out from the back. They can't do it. They haven't got the defenders to play out from the back. And I, I think, our, you know, the pace of Werner, um, you know, the, the pace of Lukaku, is going to be too much for, for a Chambers who, who just, you know, he's he doesn't know his left from his right. You know, he's just... He, a really awful defender. So to, yeah, to, to see how Ivan Tony bullied him on Friday, I can only imagine what the likes of, you know, a Mason Mount or a Lukaku is going to do to, to Arsenal yeah. um, on, on uh, Saturday. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting, but um, let's, let's quickly talk about uh, Brentford, as we've just mentioned. And um, what, what's your thoughts, uh, Rich?
1: Big game coming up. Massive game. um I think, Especially, like I said, we had that preseason friendly where we had like a mainly the under twenty threes play against the Brentford B side, but Brentford they play the same way throughout their, their from um, academy to first team. So we're going to have an idea of how to play against them, which which helps. Also, and this is why I'm happy that you pressed us because Brentford press and they press well. So. In order to, to beat a side like Brentford, we're going to have to go from back to front very quickly. Um, so, if it means bypassing the midfield to start off with and just hitting Benteke, I'm hoping it's Benteke, but just hitting him um, and then playing from there. Because I think once you bypass that initial press, I think you can get out of the back line. Arsenal, as much as they weren't very good, had chances. They got into the final third quite easily, in my opinion. Mm. I think, obviously, where they found trouble is when, obviously, the Ivan Tony and then Bolo. And Bolo he was... Pff. Anyway, he's yeah. a problem. Um, where they were pressing and, and enforcing the mistakes. Um, they've got very decent technical players at the top end of the field. Their, their backline's all right, but they can get... get at. If, if Arsenal were clinical, they might have got two, three goals themselves. You know? Um, so we're, we're going to have to put pressure on their backline immediately and, and impose ourselves as the premiership club.
0: Yeah. Well, Brentford's a premiership club now. We've got to give them a bit of respect. <laughs>
1: no, no, I, I absolutely will respect them. I've, like, I'm glad they came up because they are a, they're a very good football inside. Um, yeah. But we can't be showing anyone any respect if we want to stay in this vision. You know, especially in this year where we're, we've got so much of a transition. This is going to be our hardest year. Yeah, you know, I have to so agree. We, we have to just go out there and just impose ourselves from the get go.
0: So so you're going for a win? Palace win?
1: Yeah, I reckon we win. Yeah. I reckon we win. It's
0: going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting.
1: The the addition of um, Gallagher into the midfield. It's just those small things. Those small things. Anderson will be starting now. You know, um, it's just these little things. I mean, there's rumours that we could be getting Ahmad on loan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and they said Origi as well. I don't want Origi though. <laughs> but, but we I don't do think need...
0: Liverpool want Auriga to be honest.
1: Uh, we've been shafted by Liverpool too much, but um, but we need we need another forward. We do yeah. need another forward, so um, we'll see, we'll see. I
0: think the I think the introduction of Benteke and like you've mentioned Conor Gallagher, um, I think Palace will be will be eager to go. I'm sure they'd love yeah. that game to have come the day after, um, you know, the, the mm-hmm. Chelsea game just to get it out of the system, but um. Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be it's going to be a really good game. Um looking forward to watching that one as well. But I, I think going back to the 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 Arsenal game, I, I think the introduction of Lukaku, um my prediction for that would probably be 3-0. Mendy clean sheet it, again. It could be anything, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It could it have a, could, you're right. It right, it could be, but I think I think 3-0.
1: Would the Bamiyan be back? Because there's there's rumors circulating that Barcelona win. They can't afford them. <laughs> but I think yeah, they're they trying afford. to put in um um Cortinho as part of their
0: Right. That's a very good that's a very good deal. He's on good wages there at Barcelona, so it's um it gets the, the wage bill down, doesn't it, as well? If if Obamian takes a a wage cut, but um whether he's back, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm confident in in the the, the centre backs we've got. Um, you know, I'm sure Chalobrik could put him in his back pocket and keep him there for ninety minutes. 90 minutes. But um, Theo, what, what's your prediction? What, what, what would you do for the lineup? Would you keep it as we did on Saturday, or would you maybe bring in a, a Chilwell or leave Alonso because of how well he played? Would you would you change anything?
2: I think it's almost harsh dropping any one of those 11 players because they played so well on Saturday. But what I would do potentially is bring in Kante, maybe for Kovacic, seeing that he played the 120 minutes in um, in Belfast and the 90 minutes, I think, um, on Saturday. And I would maybe give Aspi um, a rest as well, at right wing back and maybe bring in um, Rhys James. But otherwise, I'd keep the, the same lineup and obviously Lukaku potentially for um, for Werner or depending on what the formation is, two strikers or... You know, wingers, I'm not too sure, but I think Lukaku, Rich James and um oh uh, and um Kante are the three I think I would bring in. And prediction wise, I think I think this Arsenal team does have a goal in them because they're at home obviously. And I think as Reg said, if Obama Young does play, I think um he is a good player. We know what he can bring to the Arsenal team when he's on form. So I think three one. I'm going to go with to Chelsea. But um, I hate making predictions against Arsenal because I just get too cocky <laughs> and it always backfires. But um, but yeah, let's stick not, with my gut this, yeah, this season. Fingers crossed, fingers I'll, crossed. I'll, I'll say three one. Yeah, yeah. I, I do
1: hope you win because we need as many clubs down the bottom. <laughs> no,
0: this is going to this is going to be a really testing season for Arsenal. You know, I think they haven't got any European football. Um. They've got really no excuse to to do well, and when I say well, I mean break into Europa or top four. Um, that should be their their, their objective, their goal for this season. It's, there's no excuse, you know. They've they've either got to get a league cup or get into some sort of Euro- European football next season, whether that's the, the the new one, the Conference League, Europa Conference League, or or whatever. But they've got to they've got to get something this season. Or or Arteta's in a lot of trouble, you know. He's he's um he's on thin ice as it is. But um I, I agree, Theo. I think, you know, um I, I definitely I mean I definitely agree with the um Reese James one. I think Rhys James coming in, the 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 speed going down that right, you know, get, getting the ball into the box and um you know, it'd be too much for the defenders to 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 cope with in Arsenal's um Arsenal's defense. But I agree again about Kante as well. I think that'd be a brilliant, brilliant game to bring him back into as well. Lukaku up front. You know, I'm gonna go for maybe 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 even a hat trick for Lukaku. Um, you never know. I mean, if he does that, then yeah, he's definitely uh yeah, he's definitely going down in, in history. He I means to get a statue outside Stanford Bridge for him. But um But yeah, no, I think it's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be entertaining. They always are against Arsenal. Um one player that is departing, I think, from from what I've been reading tonight is Batshuayi. He's going on his loan. I think it's a big shit task. Um, or is it, a, is it a loan, I think, or is it a transfer? I think, it's a-
2: I think it might be a transfer saying he's only got one year left on his deal or maybe it's a loan with an op- obligation to buy or I'm I'm not um, too sure. But um, I think it's definitely the end of his time at Chelsea. I'm
1: That's just it. glad we're not taking him back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, it, it's unfortunate for Batshuayi because I think he's... He can score and he, 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 I just don't think he's ever really had an opportunity or a chance to have a, well, I can't really talk about Palace to be honest, but at Chelsea, he's never really had the opportunity to to really, you know, cement himself into a team. Um, I don't think he really did that at Palace either, to be honest. I don't think he had a, a, a fair run of games, but he's just one of these players. And I think I mentioned it on on uh, one of the episodes recently that some players just, they become one of these players where they just go on loans and then before you yeah. know it, they're, they're retiring. He seems like he's going to be one of them who just will never settle at a club and he will never, you know, make a bit of history for himself at a club anywhere or try and try and settle down somewhere. So it is unfortunate for him. I mean, the money's obviously good for him to be moving to Turkey and, you, you know, he'll enjoy the football over there, but it's something that I think he needed to do. Um, I am gutted about losing Tammy now. It's sunk in a bit more as much as I, I criticize him, um, you know, Bambi on ice, but I think he's <laughs> he's definitely someone who, for me personally, he's come through the youth system. We're losing batshawaii. You know, we could potentially leave Tammy with us and and use him as the the second number nine, um, give him a few games, cut runs. It does seem a bit odd that we're, you know, we're really thin on the grounds for that kind of out and out striker now as well, Theo. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, it's, um yesterday I was just looking at that picture of Tammy, Tamori, and Mount celebrating after the, the victory at Molyneux, or the three of them together with Tammy have has got the match ball and it kind of got a bit emotional. I think, you know, two of these players are now gone. I thought those would be the three players that'd be at Chelsea for years to come. But um I think clearly I don't think I think he must have had that chat with Tuchel where Tuchel couldn't promise him game time. And I think even Tukor admitted that it, you know, if I was Tammy, i might be upset for not playing as much, so I completely get him. But um I think it makes sense for him to wanting to be, he's good enough to be a starting choice striker at another team, maybe not Chelsea though. I think Roma's a good move for him. Whether Mourinho is the right manager for his development, I don't know. i just about to say that. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, he might, I mean, Mourinho's got that kind of power maybe to make Mourinho know, one phone call and bring a player to a club, which he's done now with Tammy. I think they must have, you know, crossed paths when Tammy was in the academy and Mourinho was still Chelsea manager. But um, I do agree that we're a bit maybe thin on now number nines. We've only... We've got Lukaku, Werner and Havertz, but I've mentioned in previous episodes, Havertz and Werner aren't really natural number nines from what we've seen at Chelsea, where the lost his cheek might potentially, you know, play as a false nine from time to time. I wouldn't be surprised given his kind of, you know, his physique and his, his physical ability. But, um, but yeah, I'd have liked to see maybe Tammy stay for one more season and really fight for that, you know, num- starting position. Yeah.
1: Can I, can I say something about your business model? yep Mm -hmm. is it it
2: marina you
1: have marina yeah yeah. she's phenomenal yeah you manage to (laughs) you get loan fees you sell players that's never played one premiership game one minute getting sold for like 30 million tammy abraham's just gone for 40 how i mean he's not he's not poor You'd think, like, if he was playing so many games, that's the value, the starting value. He hasn't played many minutes and you still yeah. get 40 million out of him. It's it's, it's impressive. Unreal. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and and she,
0: she does work wonders. And and to be fair, I'm, I'm sure, you know, the, the, the way that the, the kaku deal was done so swiftly as well, it seems like it almost happens, you know, the click of her fingers. It was just so... That that's what I was saying before about the academy process. Sometimes I'm glad that some of these players do move on because you know you get to actually see them. Another one, you know, uh, Billy Gilmore moving over to Norwich for the season, yeah. I think is a is a perfect move for him. So I think even those low moves sometimes do benefit the players. You know, we've seen Kurt Zuma go out to Stoke and Everton, come back, and that was um, you know come back after the horrendous inju- injury, come back and he's put himself back into this, this the starting eleven at some point. You know, so I think. It's definitely, um, it works in some ways in terms of how we do our transfer activity, but there are times where, you know, we, we have, we have signed some stinkers and I think we can, we can admit that, you know, we've, we've definitely signed some bad players, um, but which club hasn't. So, you know, I think we can, um, yeah, we can all sort of um, put our our names in that hat as well. But um, just before we wrap up, um, Rich, if you just want to tell the listeners where they can find you and, and what you do as well, what, what your, your podcast is about.
1: So, um, yeah, find me at Eagle Eye Football, um, predominantly a Palace um, fan channel. Um, but whenever I go live, it's, a, it's about fans, fans' views. So I, I always drop the link for people to call in and have their say and such. If they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. It, it, I'm always going to give them an opportunity to do so. <clears throat> so predominantly Palace content, uh, match reactions, uh, news, whatever it may be. But then I also, uh, on Sundays, I just started this last night, do a show where any fan can call in to talk about the weekend's football and how their club's done. So kind of like a talk sport-esque yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Um, so I do that on my channel. Um, for the first one yesterday, i had some decent success. had a few Man United fans on there, obviously. <laughs> um, Surprise. Had one had one Arsenal fan come on, actually. So I had to... That's very brave. I had to big him up for that. Um, and So, so that, I'll just keep rolling down. A uh, Don Castle, Rovers fan came on. You know, okay. so I'm just, I'm just branding out to everyone just, you know, just to talk football. Like, that's what we love to do. Love 100%. To do. Um, and one of the other things I'm doing is like, I do like American sport. Um, so I do kind of like shows with Americans, kind of learning a bit more about the intricacies of um, the, the game really and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm just doing lots of little bits to be fair.
0: So it sounds like you're a busy guy, but um yeah, you know anyone who's not watching um, the the social, just give the show socials of your your Twitter just so everyone can find
1: you as well. Right, so Twitter at Eagle Eyed Ball, um, also on Instagram. So that's Eagle underscore Eyed underscore Football, and then obviously their channel name is Eagle Eyed Football. So that's mm-hmm. where you find me on YouTube.
0: And, and Theo, do you want to just give the uh, the listeners where they can find find you as well, and the content that we we put out as well?
2: Yep. So you can find me on my personal Twitter at seski time. So sesky spelled the sesk Fabregas way and make sure to follow us on Instagram for, from the shed end with underscore between um, each, each word I'm about to reach a, a thousand followers. That's quite exciting. And I'm oh, awesome. thinking of doing a, a little, a little giveaway as well for a thousand followers, maybe get a match day program or something from the Chelsea megastore. store, but um, make sure you, you um, follow us on Instagram and I'll be posting a lot of uh, match day content on there as well.
0: Yeah. And it's, uh, it's going to be a busy season, I think. So, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be good to, to do these a lot more, but, um, Rich, appreciate you coming on. I know it was probably the last thing you wanted to do after a, a, a 3-0 thumping, but I do appreciate you, <laughs> do appreciate I'm, you coming on.
1: Listen, I'm, I'm available. Like, win, win lose, draw, man. This is fan content. Otherwise, what's the point of starting the channel? Hundred percent, I agree.
0: I agree, but no, do appreciate you coming on, no, um, that's for giving me, your man. views as well. Um, you know, we'll definitely get you back on at some point. Um, the away, the away fixture, Selhurst.
1: We will win one of these games. <laughs> Two thousand and seventeen, I believe, maybe the last one at the bridge, potentially. Let me remind you, Benteki dinked
2: it over your goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it was early in the game. As well. I'm sure it was 15 or 16 minutes in. That the winner. I'm sure it was a Benteki winner early yeah, on in the game. You just
2: need you need Pulisic to be injured if you want a chance of winning. That's I'll him myself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, it's, no,
2: it's,
1: it's, it's
0: going to happen. It's going to happen one day. It's going to happen one day, but hopefully not It'll anytime be. soon. But um, <laughs> no, appreciate you coming on. It's been a um, pleasure. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get you back on. And Theo, as always, um, you know, thanks for thanks for joining me as well. See us next time, and yeah, make sure you like, subscribe, and follow us. Like Theo said on on the socials as well. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening.